It's time for ROTD Weekend. I told you earlier today that it was our 500th episode of this podcast, making this one our 501st. Can you believe it? I am so excited. I love how many episodes we've done. I really love doing this show. I mean, I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. I'm smiling when I'm recording. It makes my day every single time. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't feel like recording this. And by the time I get to the end, I am feeling joyous and happy again. I hope that I bring that energy and that happiness to to your days as well. And so today I am celebrating and I think what better way to celebrate than with something sweet and delicious like cookies. And so on the show today, I will be talking with Susan Palmer of Little Red Kitchen Bake Shop. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Susan because she is amazing in just a second. But first, I want to tell you something that is going on with me other than the anniversary. I am heading to Quebec City very soon with my family spring break trip. We're going, yes, to City of Quebec, and we are going skiing while we're there as well, outside of Quebec at Mont Saint Anne. I've got all the, you know, accommodations booked, the flights are booked, the skiing is booked, we're taking ski lessons. What I have not yet booked or even really researched is the food, the restaurants. I would love your help with this. If you have any insider knowledge on Quebec City, please, please, please help me. You can email me at Christine at cookthestory.com. Or go to the Facebook page and you can comment there either on this episode or really anywhere you want on the Facebook page. Let me know that you've got a Quebec idea and I will jump all over it. So the easiest way to get to our Facebook page is cookthestory.com slash Facebook ROTD jumps you right over to there. So that would be the best thing to do. Cookthestory.com slash Facebook ROTD. If you have some insider Quebec City knowledge, I want to hear it. I know there's great food there. I know we're not going to go wrong. I know we're going to eat poutine and tortier and foie gras. All of these things are going to happen. I just don't yet know where and I would love some help with that. Okay, so that trip is coming up. I will, of course, tell you about it when I get back, tell you what we end up eating and all of that. But now we're going to talk about cookies. I am so excited that I get to talk with Susan Palmer of Little Red Kitchen Bake Shop. Susan is a former food blogger and we met back in the day when she was food blogging. And then she won some baking contests for her cookies and it spurred this whole business that is now an award-winning business. You're not going to believe her story. She makes beautiful and delicious products. They are wonderful for gifts. They're wonderful to buy for yourself. You sometimes see them in stores just for sale there and you can't resist buying them. Those are Susan's cookies and we get to talk with her now. Here is my conversation with Susan Palmer from Little Red Kitchen Bake Shop. Hi Susan, welcome to the show. It's so great to see you again. Yes, likewise. Thank you for having me. So I knew you back when you had a blog, uh, the little ki- little red kitchen, and then something changed, and I had heard that you'd like won some contests, and then suddenly had this amazing new business. Can you tell us about that trajectory? Oh yes, absolutely. I would love to. So 
Back in 2011, which is actually when I started my blog, I was invited to attend um, a competition called the Bacon Takedown as press to write about it on the blog. And I had heard about it in the past. So I was like, sure, why not? It's a competition where everyone makes stuff with bacon. It can't be a bad thing. (laughs) So I went, I tasted, it was fun. I wrote, wrote a little thing about it. And then I noticed, so that was in October. I noticed in December, they had an upcoming contest, the cookie takedown. And I love cookies and I make really good cookies. So I was like, I'm going to enter. And I entered not thinking that I was going to win. But I also knew having attended the bacon takedown that you can't just show up with chocolate chip cookies. You really have to be very creative, do something a little crazy. And so I made a triple chocolate chip cookie with duck fat caramel in the center. And that was my crazy thing. Yeah. And I ended up winning. So they always had a judge's choice and a people's choice. And if I remember correctly, I think I won the people's choice. I won first place and that not expecting at all. I was shocked. And of course, the prize was a stand mixer. And I was like, well, how do you think I just made hundreds of hundreds <laughs> of cookies? <laughs> but I gave it to my niece. She was thrilled to have a stand mixer. And the following year, then I then I then I caught the bug. So you know, I continued to work on my on my blog and learn to become a better blogger and a better photographer while also entering these contests. And I did some savory ones. I won the ice cream takedown in July. And of course, I had a title to defend. So that next December, I entered the cookie takedown again. I made macarons. I checked with the guy that ran it. And I was like, can I make multiple flavors? Because macarons really aren't just one flavor. They're multiple flavors. And he was like, sure, absolutely. I'm like, great. So I made four flavors. And I won the entire thing. I won the people's and the judge's choice. Oh, wow. Um, some, other, some of the contestants were a little upset because they were like, she has four flavors. And I was like, I checked. I didn't, you know, <laughs> I didn't break any rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I'm, t- I totally yeah. am with you on that. The whole thing about macaron is that there, you know, you have, you make this beautiful cookie and you can flavor it yes. in different ways. And if you're doing it well, then all of yes. them are beautiful in their own way, right? Exactly. And it was everyone that came up to my table because they take so long and there's so much effort into making them. I only had enough for everyone to really only take one flavor. So it was subjective. So if someone took, let's say, the lemon, but didn't like the lemon, then I wouldn't have gotten their vote. So it was actually really a risk by having four flavors for them to take. So again, I was shocked to win them both. But my that's when things in my head started to churn. The blog was taking off. I was starting starting to get paid work through there. And I wanted to leave my day job, not necessarily to work on my own, but maybe to move towards something in food media. And what I was doing was so specific to the industry that I was working in that where I would, other places I was interviewing at couldn't see past my resume, my skills, which was really frustrating. So after about a year of job searching, I was sort of like, well, forget it. I'm just going to start my own job. going to create it on my own. I was bringing in enough income that I could support myself in my blog. And I took a year to 
basically figure out how to run a bakery because that's not my background at all. I went to school for music. I, well, now I've developed a business brain, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I had it when I began. I worked with a consultant about building a business plan, really just about running a business in general. And in 2014, I ran a Kickstarter, which was successful. And we launched in May, 2000, did I say 16? I meant 2014, May, 2014. Mm -hmm. I went ahead and we launched and we're still in business to this day. And thriving. So, okay, it's Little Red Kitchen Bake Shop. And I guess when I first heard that you were doing this in my head, I pictured a bakery with a storefront, but that's not at all what's going on here, right? No, that is not. So we do not have a retail storefront, despite the name. And the name really came from because the apartment that I was living in at the time that I started the blog, it was seven by seven. I I owned the apartment at the time. It was tiny. And before we redid the kitchen, the oven was so small, we could only fit a quarter sheet pan in there. Oh my gosh. And there there was really the only counter space was just enough to put the drying. I mean, there was no counter. There was no counter space. And I love the color red and the name just popped in my head one day. And I said, that's cute. And I did paint the kitchen red. And I was like, little red kitchen. I'm a girl. Girl in the little red kitchen. (laughs) Oh, yes. That, yes. So that was the name of the blog. I shortened it when I started bakery. And I will say it's a very popular name. And I'm very lucky that I'm the one that holds the trademark on it. Oh, you mean other people are using it for things, but you're the one with the trademark? Um, yes, we've had it defended a few times. Oh, wow. Well, I know it, it, yeah. it's an adorable name. And you know what? Yeah. I have to say, like, I've seen your cookies in the packaging well, on the website yeah. and they're adorable. Adorable. Like there is no way that I could walk past these cookies at a store and not yeah. buy a package of them. And that that the yeah. the name and the concept, it's just so appealing. Like they're adorable and pretty and fun. And I want to eat whatever is inside of there with the little red kitchen name on them, you know? Yes, thank you. And that's the whole feeling of the brand is nostalgia for us. Yes. It's really about the classic flavors that you loved growing up. We use high quality, clean clean ingredients. They're mostly organic. There's no artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And the whole point of it, besides being delicious, is that when you take a bite, it generally will evoke a memory or, as I like to say, create a new one in the moment because cookies are for any age. Oh, that is beautiful. Okay, so wait, let's go back to this, though. There is no bakery storefront retail. Instead, how how are you where how where are you selling these? Yes. So we sell them direct to consumer. So you can order from our website. We sell on Amazon. We work with a lot of different e-commerce partners. So we're on Uncommon Goods. We are on Williams-Sonoma, where we sell with Superior Dishes, which is part of Snack Magic. Uh, And then we sell to different independent small grocery stores, gift stores throughout the country. So wait, wait, if I go to like the Williams-Sonoma website, I'll see your cookies there. Yes, they sell our cookie pies. Yep. Oh, wait. Okay. I've heard about this. Tell me what is a cookie pie? Okay. So a cookie pie. So I came up with the idea because, and this kind of like stemmed a little bit from blogging because Mm -hmm. 
you know, a lot of people make skillet cookies at home. Skillet cookies are delicious. You take cookie dough, you put it in a cast iron skillet and you bake it. And my idea was how can I transform that into something that I can ship and sell? Right. You can't really sell something in a cast iron skillet. It's too heavy. It would cost too much. So I was like, if I take it and put it into a pie tin, it's going to get that same texture that you get from the skillet, which is really crispy and chewy on the outside, but dense when you get into the inside. It's two different textures in one cookie and it's giant and it's fun. <laughs> and to just, you know, show up with a cookie pie and there's oohs and ahs. And it also allowed us to do toppings on there, which were more difficult in the smaller cookies that you package that would just get smushed if we top them and package them. And so that's how I came up with it. So there's no actual pie dough in there. It's just that it gets baked into the pie tin. I love it so much. And they look fantastic. And I know that you've won some like important awards for these, right? Yes. So the Specialty Food Association, they are an association that manufacturers of food can join. So small manufacturers like myself, but also larger manufacturers like Jelly Belly, for an example. Mm. Uh, so any any size of a food producer can join this organization. They host two trade shows a year, but they also once a year have an award that you can enter called the Sophie Award. Yeah, you can associate it sort of like the Oscars of food. And essentially, you apply for your category, you send samples out to get um, judged blind. And basically, it's generally buyers, like store buyers, chefs, basically people within the food and beverage industry will taste and judge. They'll give a ranking to everything. So it's about the taste, the aroma, the quality of ingredients. Since it's blind, they don't see what your packaging is. So it's really, it's really about the quality of your product. And I ended up winning in 2020, not one, but two in the category category that I entered. So we won for Elvis cookie pie and our monster cookie pie. And I, when I found out, I thought I had just won one because they needed to get product for photos. And then like a week later, I got another email and I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Every time I win something, I think it's a mistake. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> you're modest there. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait, are you serious? And they're like, yes, you won. You, you won. So I won the, the silver and the bronze. So second and third place. And I was like, oh, okay. And they send you a statue. So it really is like getting an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> so did you get two statues? I got, I have two statues oh, and I've fantastic. named them, I named them Oscar and Felix because they are the odd couple. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is great. Oh, so fun. Okay. Okay. So Elvis and Monster Cookie Pie won. Can you tell me, okay, wait, first, before we get people too excited, are these yeah. things available on your website? Yes, they are. They are always available. Okay. And tell us about them. Sure. So the Monster Cookie, it's peanut butter, oatmeal, chocolate chip, but instead of M&Ms, we use dye-free candies. They're like M&Ms, but the shell is just natural food coloring on there. If you eat them on their own, you can kind of taste the difference. But once it gets baked in, there's no difference to what M&Ms are. And then the Elvis, which is actually vegan, but doesn't taste vegan. That's the entire point of creating an alternative diet food for us is that if we're going to make something gluten-free or something vegan, we don't want to taste 
tastes like it's gluten-free or vegan. We just want everyone to be able to enjoy it. So that is peanut butter, banana, and chocolate chip because Elvis loved his peanut butter and banana bacon sandwiches, but we're kosher bakery. So there's no bacon happening. That's amazing. So it, so the Elvis, it, it won the award in a category and yes. it's a vegan cookie pie Elvis themed. Yes. That is yes. amazing and brilliant. It, it, it must taste just like a, a delicious peanut butter cookie, right? Yes. Yeah. And there's a, a lot of peanut butter happening in that one. <laughs> you really need to love peanut butter and banana for that. Yeah, no, I like it. Okay. So tell us, how does this work? Now, obviously, we mentioned Williams-Sonoma and the other places people might end up seeing your products in stores somewhere. Mm-hmm. But if they just need to taste these cookies right now, where yeah. should they go? And what should they do? Yeah. So they should go to our website. This time of year, we get we get our orders out a lot faster than say like in December when the when the turnaround is more like four to five days to get an order out. But for example, we got you know a couple orders in overnight and we're shipping them out today. It's just because it's, it's January. But generally, we get an order in, we bake it, we ship it the same day that it's baked, and then they will arrive between one and three days based on your location. And we just want it. To arrive to everyone as fresh as possible so they can enjoy it like they did pick it up from their neighborhood bakery. I love that so much. So they can go to littleredkitchenbakeshop.com and order there. Yes. That's fantastic. If they want to see anything else going on, are you online, social media, doing anything where they should follow you, check you out? Uh, I would say Instagram, which is just Little Red Kitchen. I'm a little bit of a slacker, but I post on my stories more than I post on my feed. The stories are a lot easier. Fantastic. Everybody go and order cookies. They are so gorgeous and delicious and award-winning. Susan, congratulations. This is an amazing business that you've built. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I don't know about you, but I need to try this Elvis cookie pie so bad. You know, I don't always have the biggest sweet tooth, but I'm a sucker for peanut butter and peanut butter banana. I make peanut butter and banana sandwiches for myself all the time. More like midnight snack food, which is perfect if it was instead an Elvis cookie pie. You know what I mean? I hope you enjoyed hearing me speak with Susan Palmer, and I definitely hope you check out her website, littleredkitchenbakeshop.com, and look for her stuff in all those shops. William Sonoma, can you believe it? So, so cool. As to what is going on on my sites and in my test kitchen, oh, so much, so much. Before this Quebec trip, I have a lot on my plate for sure. So I think I told you that we've been doing some tests with filet mignon. We got a whole beef tenderloin and we were learning how to break it down into filet mignon steaks. You could save a little bit of money on those steaks by buying the whole tenderloin and cutting it yourself. We've also perfected how to make those. That is all already live on Cook the Story. And I'm going to be telling you about the filet mignon later. Later this week on this podcast. I'm also, though, in the test kitchen this week testing how to do your own bacon wrap filet mignon and how to cook any kind of bacon wrap filet mignon, whether you wrap it yourself or buy it. I want to cook it so that the bacon is really nice and crispy, but not burnt, but the steak is not overcooked. You know what I mean? So that is what I am working on this week. I have some other things going on, but we'll leave those as surprises. In addition to the filet mignon that I'm telling you about later this week on this show, I'm also coming back tomorrow with that perfected instant pot 
pork loin I was telling you about. We've been working on that. I have got it down now. I know how to make sure your Instant Pot pork loin is juicy and tender, not overcooked, not undercooked every single time. It's a little trick. It's pretty cool, and I think you're going to really love that. What else is happening this week on the show? Mm. We are celebrating Meatball Day with a buffalo chicken treat. I love this recipe. So many great ideas to look forward to. I'm excited about the week ahead. I hope you are too. I hope you're having an amazing weekend, that you are relaxing, that you found some time to play in the kitchen. I am definitely doing that. Not for today. Today, I'm actually going to see the Pretty Woman musical tonight, and we're going out for dinner first, so I am not cooking for tonight, but I'm doing a brisket today so that it'll be delicious and extra good tomorrow. That is the tip from my good friend, Emily Pastor, amazing cookbook author. She says you always do your brisket the day before, so I'm doing the brisket today so we can have it for dinner tomorrow. That is how I'm spending my Saturday in the kitchen. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. I am Christine Pittman from Cook the Story, the Cookful, and from this podcast, Recipe of the Day. You're listening to our special weekend edition. Let's get cooking. <laughs>